Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the 360 Sports Show, hosted by Ian Pazelli, joined shortly by Christian Lauber. Hope you guys are all doing well. Welcome. Thank you for finding us here on Facebook Live here on a beautiful Sunday morning, a May morning. How crazy is that? The last couple months, though crazy, are flying by, and we have a loaded show for you here today. A lot to get to. We do have, we had a return of our top fives this week, so our top five 90s kids snacks will be at the end of the show, so if you're listening to us live and want to throw your top five 90s kids snacks into the comment section, you can certainly go ahead and do that. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you can go and check out our top five on Instagram. We'll have that up later today, and if you disagree, agree, want to comment on our top five, you can certainly do so there and email the show anytime with any questions, comments, concerns. Then we will jump right on into our sports news of the day. And Christian, uh, how about you uh, lead us off? What do you want to lead with here today uh, on this edition of the show? Well, I think because it came out a few hours ago, maybe not even, uh, I think we just start with Dalton because I think there was a bunch of rumors that the Patriots were interested. He, he might sign here. He might not. Uh, I never thought it was high on their list just based on the fact that they had Hoyer already and it would have been a weird dynamic there but um he is not coming here so he's going to Dallas um so I think we just start there I mean my initial thoughts it is what it is I think the Patriots are telling you that they have their two quarterbacks they might sign a third like Cody Kessler someone like that but uh this is what they're going forward with Hoyer Stidham they're going to let those two compete in camp. My guess is Hoyer starts at least a few uh, first few games, and then maybe Stidham is uh, into the keys. But uh, this is what we're uh, we're going to be uh, watching for the next year, at least, uh, is these two guys. And I think, you know, all the rumors, Dalton, Newton, everybody's out there. You can get them on a cheap contract. Um, that didn't come to fruition, and I think the Patriots are telling you this is their plan. Whether it's a good plan or not, we don't know. But this is their plan going forward with these two guys, at least for this year. Uh, it's going to be a weird year with uh, no camp, maybe, and we don't know what's going to happen. So this is their plan. That's what they're telling you. And and I think this uh, this tells you that Stidham is more of the guy than maybe maybe everybody thinks. And you know, next year they could draft a quarterback. But for now, this is what we're going forward with. Were you did you were you did you want Andy Dalton at all? We we put out the uh, the polls through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter last week. And uh, make sure you go and follow us at Three Sixty Sports Show on uh, Instagram and Twitter to keep up with our you know during the week and on Facebook as well. If you haven't liked the page, uh, the Three Sixty Sports Show, we put out a lot of, a lot of content throughout the week, little graphics and uh, polls, questions, things like that, trying to get the uh, the feel of the fan base. And uh, it, it wasn't as much of a landslide as I thought. Uh, the final poll numbers came in at 58% no um, for for Andy Dalton. And uh, I thought that was uh, not – I thought it would be a lot higher. Um, so there were there was a segment of uh, the Patriots uh, population that wanted Andy Dalton here. Um, were, were you in that camp, Christian? And uh, if you weren't, what do you say to those people that uh, wanted Andy Dalton? Uh, I would have taken Dalton, yeah. I mean, if you could have gotten him on a reasonable contract for a year, because personally, I think he's better than Hoyer. I, I I know Hoyer knows the system and all this, but I don't think Hoyer is any great shake. So if you need a guy that's going to come in, and I don't think Andy Dalton's the, you know, the kind of 
putts that uh, Newton is. And I, and I like, I like Newton and I would have taken Newton, but uh, he would have been a backup. I think Dalton, I think he would be, he's not a guy that's going to come in and just ruffle feathers. Like he's a guy that's, you know, he's calm. He seems like a good guy off the field as much as on. Um, he's not, you know, he's not the best, obviously. He, he, he throws the ball all over the place and gets picked off a lot. But I think with a good coach in Belichick, I think he would have been fine here. And it just seems, I don't know, I guess it's probably because Hoyer knows the system and because of the weird dynamic this year, you know, they weren't interested or maybe it was money. I mean, everybody that tells me they don't have cap space, you can move money around in any which way. So that's not the reason they're not signing these guys. So it's just, I, I would have taken Dalton because I don't think, I think he's a better player than Hoyer. And I don't think anything of, I don't think much of Hoyer. I think he could come in for a year and be fine. Like Matt Castle, maybe not even that high of a level, but I would have taken, taken a chance on Dalton and just seen what he got with good coaching and, and McDaniels, Belichick and all the like. So it is what it is. I think Hoyer and Dalton, I mean, those two kind of would have been uh, measuring up a little bit just based on who they are. They're, or, I mean, Dalton's more of a starter, that's for sure. But um, for this team, I think, I mean, I really think it's going to be the first few games, a guy like Hoyer, Dalton, and then maybe the keys are handed to Stidham if he's making uh, making strides in, in uh, practice and everything. So, I, I'd say – I would have taken him, but it is what it is. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's probably, like you kind of alluded to there, there's the, the segment of it where – with the whole coronavirus situation and maybe bringing in a guy from the outside who doesn't even run a, a similar offense at all and having to go through. Because unlike with Brady going to Tampa where they're going to be like, okay, Tom, we're going to do this the way you want to do it. Like you bring your offense here and we'll we'll figure it out. The The Patriots aren't going to say, okay, Andy, what do you want to run? No, they're going to they're gonna want to bring in a quarterback to just run the system that they already run. They're not going to change for – uh, any of these quarterbacks. So to have to have a guy, you know, that old dog learning new tricks thing, to have to have a guy like Dalton learn a completely new system, I think that probably had something to do with, uh, you know, with the decision on, on whether or not to pursue him. Um, and, yeah, I think I think Dalton Dalton's better than Hoyer. I said this last week, though. If, if Jared Stidham isn't starting week one, I just I think that's kind of that's a disappointment. I mean, at this point, without drafting any competition for him, they're they're giving him the chance to compete for that job. And if he can't, you know, I think I think if if it was him and Andy Dalton, maybe maybe that's a little bit different. I think Dalton's a little more established than than Hoyer is, uh, um, you know, production wise. So if 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 Stidham can't beat out Hoyer, I just think that's that's bad news. Um, and they could still bring in a guy like Newton. I mean, he's still kind of twisting in the wind here. I think he's probably hung up on money, and there's just not a lot of money to throw around. I mean, obviously you can kind of finagle the numbers with the cap. You can trade one of these, some guy at the bottom of the roster for nothing and, and free up a little bit of cap space to sign a guy in a veteran deal. But if there's really no jobs out there for – there's no starting jobs. I don't know if Newton's just going to try and sit out and, and wait for somebody to get hurt week one or in preseason – but uh, you know, I I, I I think this has to be Stidham's job, and and like you said, that's what the Patriots are telling you that they want it to be Stidham's job. And I think if he doesn't earn that Week One, I don't I don't think you can. I think you just at this point he sat last year. You let him just if he can't win the job for Week One, I think that's that's bad news because 
Obviously, Hoyer's not the long-term solution. Now Stidham's not the solution. You could have had maybe some of these uh, quarterbacks in this draft that were available late in the first round, second round, you know, that, that again, aren't going to be world beaters, but maybe you take a flyer on. And now you're kind of kicking the can down to next year's draft and hoping you draft a guy that then you have to throw to the Wolves. So I think the Patriots are really banking on Stidham being the guy. I I don't agree a little bit just because I think Hoyer is here for a reason. And whether that's to push Stidham, I don't know. But I don't think he's the guy that's really going to, like, elevate Stidham's play. I mean, he wants the job, obviously. But it's like one of those things I think Belichick said something to Hoyer like, you're going to compete for this job and you know, you'll come in and you'll be the starter week one. I think he, I think there's something with Hoyer because I don't think, I think Hoyer could have gotten a backup job somewhere else. I really do. And I think, I don't think, you know, I don't think Bill would ever say such a thing. Hey, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to lay it out here for you. You're going to come in. You're going to, you're going to play in training camp and uh, I'm going to make you the starter week one, even though I don't really want to make you the starter week one. And, uh, you know that that give it a couple of weeks, and then we're just gonna give Stidham uh, Stidham a shot, no matter how well you play. No, he's gonna play the quarterback that's gonna give him. Belichick, in his mind, is aiming for like winning the division, and then and it's the way they always approach it. We're gonna we want to win the division. That's our first goal. Make the playoffs, win the division, get to uh, win a playoff game, win the conference, win a Super Bowl. He's gonna do whatever gives them the best chance to do that. And week one, because all these games are important, you're not gonna screw around just being like, well, we're gonna start. Hoyer and then and then play Stidham. If if Hoyer's the quarterback, that's the better quarterback. He'll play. If Stidham's the better guy, he'll play. Bill's not gonna like just play around with with who's playing the quarterback. If if it's not Stidham week one, that tells you that they that he's he the only way he'll play that year is if Hoyer plays like absolutely putrid, which he will. So <laughs> I, th- I mean, so then why I, not I just, just think... play Stidham to start? Maybe he's not ready to start. I don't know. Then that's an issue. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I don't I don't agree with the notion that it's like if Stidham doesn't win the job week one, it's year two, and he didn't play. He played maybe a snap. So the, the everybody in, in, like, the Globe and all these places are hyping him up when he hasn't played a snap. So we don't know what he is. What's the difference going to so be between week no one and camp. week four? What difference would there be between week one and, say, week four? If Hoyer comes out and he plays awful the first four games, and you're like, well, time to turn to Stidham. And there's, your, there's your difference. Hoyer sucks. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm, that's what I'm saying. So you, you, you're, you're trying to have it both ways. I'm saying if Stidham can't beat out Hoyer, who by your words there sucks, that's bad. Uh, I, I don't I don't agree. I, I don't think you give up on a guy that – in year two of his contract because he got beat out in camp. So Coyer comes in and plays. I'm not saying they're going to have a preseason. I'm not saying give, I'm not saying give up on him. I'm just saying, wouldn't you admit that that would be alarming if Stidham can't beat out Hoyer for the starting job for week one in year two? Not really. Shouldn't he? I don't know. Comment section. What do you think? (laughs) Those of you listening live, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you could send in your thoughts to the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com uh, if you want to comment on anything that uh, we said on the show you're listening to or, or give us uh, stuff to talk about for next week. Uh, we always get to our emails and questions. Uh, looking in there now, uh, Colin says, I think Dalton is better than Hoyer too, but the only real reason that I'd want him here would be for QB competition in camp so that Studham <laughs> can prove he can't outbattle a former starter and someone familiar with the, the system. So, 
Yeah, so Colin kind of thinks what I what I think is that Hoyer's here for competition and that it's it's a chance for Stidham to kind of prove himself and, and knock Hoyer off off the peg there. And I just I just think that if he can't do that, you know, in this year to start week one, I think that's probably a little concerning. Um, and I think that the only way Stidham's going to get better, you know, I think the year of sitting is good, especially behind Brady. I don't know if a year of sitting behind Brian Hoyer is going to make that much more of a difference. So why not throw Stidham to the Wolves? Hopefully he can earn it, but I'd say he should just be the starter from from the get-go and let him let him learn in the fire after sitting for a year behind Brady. Because I mean, I mean, maybe maybe you're hoping, you know, in your scenario, Christian, that maybe there's less pressure on him if Hoyer stinks up the joint and and he can come in and replace him right away. But I think if, if, if he can't if he can't beat out Hoyer right away, that's that's troubling. So you've come off of your last week where you said that Stidham would wouldn't be he's not the guy if Hoyer beats him out. Well, I'm if I don't think yeah, no, I still agree with that. If 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 Stidham can't beat out Hoyer, then I don't think he's the guy. I don't think the team would give up on him for that for that for for twenty twenty the team will not give up on him. It's probably going to be one of these wacko years like what most of these teams go through with, when they have a crappy quarterback situation. There's a week one starter. They play for a couple of weeks. The team goes one and three. They decide to turn to the other guy. He wins like two games, then loses three in a row. They go back to the other guy, and we go eight and eight, nine and seven. And whoever was playing well at the end gets the start in a maybe in a wild card playoff game, and we get our doors blown off. That's not good. So I think if, if you're optimistic for a Patriots season – you should want Stidham to be the, the starting quarterback because that means that he's beaten out Brian Hoyer and that he's ready to be a starting quarterback. If he if he can't you, if he can't be the week one starter, will they give up on him on the year and never go back to him? No. But I think they definitely, definitely will invest in the quarterback position next year and 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 draft a guy that will be better than Stidham and Hoyer. So Well, I think they're gonna do that anyway, because next year is is stacked with quarterbacks, but I mean, so then why not play Hoyer? I mean, uh, Stidham, and see what you have then. If you're already admitting that you're going to draft another quarterback next year to replace them, why not see what you have in Stidham? I mean, look, I want Stidham to be the starter. I just don't know if he's going to be. And with this you weird situation that we're in, where who knows who's going to be working out anytime soon, I think Hoyer is probably going to be the week one starter. Yeah, well... Hopefully, usually we can always say, we'll see, Christian. Let, let, let's just see. they got to play the games. We'll see. Uh, hopefully we get games. Uh, and, and we're going to get into that later in the show. We're going to be discussing uh, kind of the, the return of sports. Just kind of sticking with some NFL news now because, frankly, NFL is the only thing that, for the most part, is, is pumping out news. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll retire the, the Hoyer versus Stidham talk for now until there's any more developments we already talked about Andy Dalton uh what do you think Christian is going on with Cam Newton I mean he he's uh kind of just sitting out there is, is he just gonna wait for somebody to get hurt is he still could he get snatched up by somebody on on a backup deal is, is he holding out for money uh what do you think is going on with with, with Cam Newton uh he's probably holding out for a starting job and money so he's not gonna be anywhere if he's if he's holding out for that he's got a Probably accept a little bit less money and be a backup somewhere for a year. Maybe someone gets hurt and he gets plugged in. But 
I mean, you can see all these teams fill their spots before Cam Newton. So, I mean, Newton's not a guy that you're like buying for if you're pretty much anybody right now. A lot of teams drafted quarterbacks and signed guys already. Like the Saints signing Winston to a backup deal. Like all these guys are going off the board and he's just sitting there. So I think it's probably some combination of the two where he wants to be the starter. If you bring him in, you're probably giving him a starting job. I don't know if he would accept a backup. Um, but I think he needs to probably look to take a little less money and he's probably going to have to sit somewhere for a year at least and and see, you know, if one of these guys can't play, then maybe he gets plugged in. But I, I don't think he's he's going to be anywhere if he keeps trying to – I mean, there's a reason he doesn't have a job yet. So it, it's it's probably on – I don't want to say it's probably on his end, but all these teams are filling holes and he's still sitting there. So, yeah, it, it has to be because um, he's got the talent. He's got upside. You know, it's a guy, this is a guy who was an MVP just a couple of years ago. So if if, if it's going to be cheap money, there's teams that will take a flyer on him. So it, I, I think he probably doesn't want to be a backup. There's no starting jobs. And actually, this this uh, here, little little bit of breaking news. Uh, this is per Bleacher Report. Um, Cam Newton won't sign as backup, would wait for starter to get injured. And uh, the lead is Cam Newton remains a free agent, but the veteran quarterback doesn't intend to sign with the team as a backup, according to Joe Person of The Athletic. If needed, the 30-year-old can wait until an injury to a starter requires the team to look for a high-level replacement. So that's uh, that's what's going on with Cam Newton. He's just going to wait, and that's always a dangerous game. I mean, because it's not always a given, uh, unless Aaron Rodgers decides to get hurt up again in, uh, in Green Bay. But then again, they do have uh, Jordan Love to... To, to plug in up there, um, wouldn't it be crazy? What if uh, what if Tom gets hurt down in uh, in Tampa and and they go out and sign Cam Newton? Wouldn't that be insane? That's the thing too about like the Buccaneers. You're banking a lot on a on a 43 year old quarterback, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago from a Patriots perspective. Isn't it kind of nice to have like kind of that weight taken off? Like, and and we felt it in years past with with a Brady and Belichick pairing. You could be 10 and one as they were this past season, and you feel terrible about the team because you can tell, like, oh, this team's not going to win a Super Bowl. And it's like you just you, you see what's coming. Or, oh, man, this team's going to get to an AFC Championship game and lose. You know, oh, no. Um, or, like, God, if Brady gets hurt, it's over. It's done. That, like, th- this team's not winning a Super Bowl this year, the New England Patriots, so there's no real pressure. You can kind of just enjoy the games as as games. You, know, you have that underdog mentality. Um you don't have Gronk either, another guy who it's like the whole team kind of would revolve around if he's healthy and, and, and on your team. So the Buccaneers are kind of rolling the dice on a guy that's 43 years old. Granted, has never gotten hurt before. Uh, well, he's gotten hurt once, but by and large, he, he does not miss games because of injury unless it's something severe. Um, and, and even then, he's played through some crazy things. And Gronk, who could just take one wrong hit and is going to have back surgery again. So they're kind of in like a precarious situation and I don't, I don't, I gotta do even know Christian off the top of your head. Who do you think is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, backup? I have no effing clue who that is. Yeah. No idea. I would say Newton would be an interesting one in any position that someone got hurt. But the fact that he's waiting for that is just kind of odd. Huh. I mean, I, I get, I guarantee you could sit somewhere and just wait, but let's, let's see here. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Uh, roster. 
I saw two names that popped. Google likes to pop up like the rosters at the top. I'm like, I don't know if that's right. Wayne Gabbert. That, okay, it Wayne is. Wayne Gabbert. It is. That's that's what I, that's what I saw, and I was like, no way. I have to double. I have to double check this. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert, and Ryan Griffin. Yuck. I'd say. I mean, maybe Gabbert. I don't know. They maybe they feel like they could. He could step in. Obviously, if Tom goes down, their season's pretty much over. Um, so maybe new, maybe that's a, that's a scenario. I mean, and, and again, it'd just be the turnstile of the uh, of the NFC South with uh, with the quarterbacks: Winston to <laughs> to the Saints, uh, Teddy Bridgewater to Carolina, and then if Winston or if uh, Newton winds up in uh, in Tampa Bay, that would be uh, that that would be that'd be odd. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 not going to be a lot of spot. It's going to have to be. He has to get lucky, and that's never a good situation to be in if you're a free agent. You don't want to hope for luck. You you can't you can't rely on luck. So uh, he's banking on someone getting injured. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Open, pretty, o- o- openly, dumb, which is, which is pretty cruel. And when you think of, I mean, obviously it's a business. But that's 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 pretty cruel in a way. He's probably rooting for Tom. I bet I bet you Newton. He's 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 openly rooting for 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 Tom to get hurt so that he can go to a team in the division. Or Matt Ryan. I mean, what's what's the the Falcons quarterback situation? Not great. Uh, I don't know if they signed a backup actually. Let's see. I know they uh, they didn't draft a guy. I don't think. But roster. Any Etling. Oh my god. <laughs> Matt Schaub, he's still in the league. Um Matt Schaub, seventeen years in the league. Matt Ryan's been in the league for thirteen years. That's insane. That's insane to think about. For a guy who's been in the league that long, and, and you really think like that Super Bowl he made, that was his one shot. That was it. Yeah, and he hey, they almost did it. That was his one shot. And probably how much how different because you see like teams that win the Super Bowl like that, you know, it gives them energy. Some teams, it depends. Some teams come back the next year. There's always a hangover. The team that loses, for the most part, always has a bad season. The team that wins can either come back and use it as energy and momentum because other players jump on the roster like, oh, oh this team could win it again. And, or, or you have the hangover where you just feel like, well, we accomplished everything we wanted to last year, and now we're going to be like, we're going to disappoint everybody and underperform. How many times have the Patriots like ruined these teams, though? That's what Seahawks I'm saying. Collapse, Falcons collapse. Pretty crazy. Yeah, and the Rams, the Rams. I mean, the Rams, Rams were, were supposed too, yeah. to be the, the 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 next best thing. Young head coach, young quarterback. You know, McVay has has you know tapped into something with with Jared Goff. You know, he was like an MVP candidate in, in this year. Just ugh, bad, total total suckage. And so. Yeah, the uh, the Patriots have ruined so many, and, and just in the division. Think about teams like what the two thousand nine through two thousand eleven Jets could have been. You know, the, yeah. you know those 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 Jets teams with with, with Rex Ryan were really good, uh, and and the the Patriots for a couple of years there kept them out of better playoff position. Even if even though they got the better of the Patriots in two thousand and ten, you know if if. If you didn't have Tom Brady, maybe those those teams, those Jets teams, win a couple more games during the regular season. So, uh, but yeah, the Falcons, Danny Etling, Matt Schaub, and Kurt Benkert. I would say, if Matt Ryan went down, they are not going to just turn to any of those guys. 
I can't imagine. Mm, I wouldn't think so, but hey, you never know. I don't know. I don't know if teams want Newton. That's the thing. If somebody wanted him as a backup, I or or even even a starter, I feel like they would have taken him over this over these other guys. So, I mean, if he if you know if he's relying on injury, I don't know if you want that guy coming in your room. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. But yeah, um, it just uh, hey, he's gonna sit there and wait. I guess I don't know. So. That is going on with uh, Cam Newton. Uh, I wanted to get to another uh, quick Patriots thing. Came out this week. Um, James Devlin announced his retirement. Uh, Patriots fullback, and you know, obviously, sad to see him go. The guy was uh, consummate pro. Ten years in the league, won three Super Bowls, uh, got a Pro Bowl nod. Should have had more Pro Bowl nods. Uh, never got an All Pro, even though he was so deserving of it. And really, I'd say kind of led the like the the renaissance here of the fullback in the NFL because the Patriots always carried a fullback uh, for years and years and years and years and years when teams weren't using fullbacks at all anymore. And so Devlin kind of revitalized that position. I, I've said that the the honorary neck roll now has to be passed down to whoever the next fullback of the Patriots is. He needs to he needs to like knight them. And, and dub them with, with the neck roll. But Devlin retires because of uh, a neck injury that he sustained last year. Not really surprising. I mean, he talked about how it's it's for his his safety, and, and the, he thought about his family and, and everything like that. So um, sad to see him go, but, I mean, the dude had an absolutely sick, stellar career. Um, if you want to know, see a play that uh, just kind of encapsulates James Devlin, there was a touchdown run a couple of years ago he had against the Houston Texans where he gets stood up at the one-yard line on a fullback dive and probably carried eight people into the end zone. People just kept bouncing off of him. The typical, like, keep your feet moving, and just kept moving to the side <laughs> for, like, ten yards and eventually fell into the end zone. And that, that kind of encapsulates James Devlin. And uh, Belichick wrote a whole long, glowing uh, letter about, about James Devlin, uh, how he wished he could, he could basically, like, you know, clone Devlin and and just have more guys like that. Um, so sounds like he wanted to adopt him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Hey, Steve, Brian, meet your new brother, James. <laughs> yeah. No, he was a good. He was a good. You know, good patriot. He was a consummate pro. Um, he was one of those guys in the locker room too that you hear good things about. Um, and uh, he contributed. So, I mean, it's one of those things where the fullback is not a tremendously important position. But for the Patriots, it kind of was in a way that they needed those blockers up front because of some some of those years were not great. Uh, but you know, you look at guys like Usechek now, and and more teams are using it. So he's kind of, I don't know. Obviously, he wasn't anything great outside. You know, he'd go catch passes everywhere all over the field. But he's one of those guys that kind of cemented like that position as like this can still be a thing if you use it right. And uh, yeah, you just look at like guys like Usechek now and and. Uh, San Francisco, and you think, oh, I mean, Devlin kind of paved the way in, in terms of like, okay, look at the Patriots. We can hold a fullback as opposed to other teams saying, we don't need this, so let's hold somebody else. But, I mean, he was important for, for a couple of years there in terms of what he did up front or even those, you know, short yardage situations. You saw the difference he made for Sony Michelle. I mean, look at what Michelle yeah. did in his rookie year with James Devlin leading the way, who just absorbed people on blocks 
uh, and what he did this year with a Landon Roberts, <laughs> a linebacker yeah. as fullback, who evidently wasn't too bad, wasn't too bad but evidently like, afterwards he I don't know where he went. Did he go to Miami or Detroit? He went. He went to Miami. Uh, he went to a a, a Patriot uh, light location and uh, said like, yeah, he wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he did he did the job as they always do, but he wasn't he was not thrilled. Uh, at at playing multiple positions, but you would have never known it last year. By the way, he carried himself, but yeah, um, tough to see Devlin go. And like you said, uh, a lot of teams weren't using the fullback anymore. But I think a lot of teams saw what like the Patriots did in 2018, where they just kind of used this smash mouth, old school I formation running attack and just ran down the throats of all of these smaller, faster defenses. And the the Cowboys started that had started that a couple of years ago too, having these big road grading offensive lines. So there's it's it's like everything. There's there's ebbs and flows. So the running game uh, is is coming back the last the last couple of years to kind of combat how small and how fast defenses had gotten to combat the passing game. So um, I heard some talk that Devlin uh, interested in becoming a strength coach for the Patriots. Uh, I think they would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, I don't know. It's just uh, one of those situations where position isn't, you know, it's not like they're losing Devlin. Oh, no, everything's done. But uh, that would be Tom Brady. But he'll be fine either way. And I think, you know, he can find guys no matter where you go. So it'll be interesting. But I think, you know, they're hurting more in other places than fullback. Now, one thing that's interesting about this and and I, I mentioned it how Bill wrote, you know, he, he put out like a, like a statement and a letter on, on Devlin. He also did the same for Brady when, when Brady left. What I really find interesting is that when Gronk retired, the Patriots did nothing. There was no retirement. And that's why Scott Zolak for uh, 985 The Sports Hub constantly said he thought Gronkowski was coming back because he's like, where's the news conference? Where's the, like, retirement ceremony? None of that. Like, they, they love doing that stuff. They've done that with everybody. Teddy Bruschi got one. Ninkovich got one. Uh, Troy Brown. Kevin Falk. All, all these guys, you know, the day they announced their retirement, it's like the next day, you know, they're they're there with, with Kraft and Belichick, and they hold a little press conference and talk about what it meant to be a Patriot and blah, 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 blah. Um, none of that ever happened with Gronk. And I think maybe Bill knew that Gronk was full of it, that, that he was going to come back, and they weren't going to do that. And – Maybe he knew that Gronk was not only going to come back, but probably come back and weasel his way out of town or want to weasel his way out of town. Uh, do you read anything into now the fact that the Patriots never did anything like that for Gronk? I honestly, I think Belichick appreciated Gronk uh, and maybe wanted to deal with him not on the football field, if that makes sense. I just think. Like he was at his uh his his big hurrah in in Miami, um. So I don't think he hates the guy or anything, but I think he wanted to trade him two years ago. I think you know Gronk is too much of a of a party animal and kind of, I mean he's kind of a putz. I mean, in terms of what the Patriots looked for, like he 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 was still himself, but not to that hundred percent line. He was still somewhere in the eighty percent, but he was still one of those guys that kind of. I don't know. He pushed the envelope of the Patriot way or whatever you want to call it. And I don't think Bill 
you know, he, he never really dug into that. And I want to say it's one of those things where he, he doesn't want to play here, but we know he's not done. We're not going to give him anything on his way out. And I don't know. I, I For all of the stuff that he did, you, you think he would have gotten something. And I think he will eventually. Um, but, man, it's interesting that uh, he's the only guy. I mean, you look at all these guys that come and go. And he's the only one that didn't get one. And I think it's just because of just of the maybe it's just some personality and the two just kind of clashed. And he was like, you know, that I think he's just messing around and doesn't want to play, but he's going to weasel his way out once Tom leaves or something. You know, it's just one of those things that's I would say Bill is is not very fond of uh, the personality. And he probably figured he was, you know, fooling around and taking a year off and then he's going to come back. Yeah. Um Next thing, uh, mo- moving away, uh, or staying with the NFL before we get to our uh, the return of sports as a whole, uh, a lot of – we're doing the top fives every week. Uh, and just a reminder that we're, we're going to reveal our top five 90s kid snacks at the end of the show. If you're listening live, uh, you'll be able to see those on the screen, and uh, you can send your top five 90s kid snacks to us right now at the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this as a podcast – you can uh, go and check out our top five on uh, on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, where we'll post the graphic afterwards, and uh, and you can comment there uh, with your thoughts on our top five '90s kid snacks. But uh, the way we're doing those to kind of add content and have some fun uh, throughout everything, uh, every outlet is doing such things, uh, little games, would you rather's, top five this, top five that. Um, and scenarios and, and a, a cool one that I saw and, and an interesting one maybe we want to debate here for a minute was about uh, Hail Mary. Uh, and, and if you're listening live, we're going to put this up on the screen right now. Uh, and basically it, it asked, uh, you know, there's one Hail Mary who you're counting on. Who are you counting on to win the game? And the five people that they use are Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Drew Pearson, Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. So once again, uh, if you're listening live, Rice, Calvin Johnson, Drew Pearson, T.O., or Randy Moss, who do you want or who would you rely on? Who would you want in a Hail Mary situation? So, uh, Christian, if you want to uh, if you want to take a stab at that one first, and we'll, we'll see what, uh, what the comment section uh, comes up here on, on this one. Man, that's a tough one. Uh... I think in let me see. I would I would say probably Randy Moss. I think I don't know. Moss, like maybe I'm a little biased because I watched him play here for a bit, but Moss or Calvin Johnson just because of the size. And obviously Rice was awesome too, but I would go Moss just because I actually watch you know Calvin Johnson. I watched a bit, but Moss was one of those guys that. Man, three people on him, and you throw it up to him, he's going to go get the ball. And he was just awesome at that. So if I'm throwing like an Aaron Rodgers-type Hail Mary down the field, I think I'm going Moss to go up and get that thing. Um, I would go Johnson a close second just because he was an absolute beast. But, Megatron. Uh, Eileen Moss, man. Yeah, Megatron. Nicknames, yeah. I would go. I would go Moss, I think. Yeah, I, I kind of I like work backwards. So, uh, Drew Pearson, you know, I've seen tape of, I never watched him live. I don't, I I don't know as much. I can't, I can't speak as, uh, you know, as informed about 
about him. Uh, T.O., mm, I don't know. Uh, no. uh, <laughs> uh, Jerry, Jerry Rice, um, probably the greatest receiver of all time, but I think of him as more of a – a guy that kept himself in great physical shape and was a precise route runner, had great hands. Then again, the stickum would probably help catching a Hail Mary. Um, it's true, yeah. So, um, but I, I don't think of him as a guy that's like going to go up in a pile and make a catch. Are all these guys capable? Absolutely. But we're kind of trying to rank the best of the best here. You know, if you could, like, hey, let's go five wide and have all five of these guys. That would be great. Um, but I'd probably go Pearson, Rice, and then the last three are kind of more of the physical freaks, and I probably go T.O., and then it's really close between Calvin Johnson and Randy Moss. Um, and the comment section is, is leaning towards Calvin. Uh, Michael says Calvin all day. Colin says Calvin Johnson equals most height and highest official combine vertical. Uh, so that Calvin Johnson has the numbers edge. Um, I just saw so much more of Randy Moss doing absolutely I mean he was the freak he's a monster uh and I just have to go with what I saw more of and I saw Moss jumping over people and doing absolutely absurd things Calvin Johnson made some insane catches too like he the, his ability to lay out like his catch radius and in leap for balls but as far as making plays like under duress and contested catches the things Randy Moss did were absolutely insane so I, I, I think, think if you if you if you just stack the two up sheer on sheer size, you go Calvin Johnson. But it's not about the size as much as it is like Randy Moss could could be jumping in the air and contort his body and make a sweet even two handed one handed catch, like Ra that one on Revis. <laughs> Randy like, Moss might also insane. somehow get behind the defense on a prevent defense. <laughs> like that's how fast that guy yeah, exactly, was in his prime. Yeah. It was just it was just throw it up. That was the only time in Tom Brady's career where he broke from like, we're going to manage the chains and just kind of methodically go our way down the field. It's just like, nah, I'm just going to huck the ball 60 yards and Randy's going to go get it. <laughs> well, that Giants game, he, he chucked it up to him and I forget exactly what happened on the first time. Maybe he overthrew him, but on the next play for the, for the record. And he was burning down the sideline two plays in a row over the top. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. The first, the, well, the first one Randy dropped, it was uh, uh, a yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the the corner fell down. Uh, I can't remember who it was. He fell down. Randy was wide open on the sideline, and he kind of had to like stop and come back to the ball. And it was like he took his eye off it, and it was like kind of like down by his knees. Obviously, the dude it was should it should have been caught. It was a drop, flat out drop, easy catch, drop. And you could, but it was like sixty yards down the field. And you could tell. I remember they like they cut to Moss like up close, and he was like he was like oh. he was like winded, and he was kind of like jogging back to the huddle. And, yeah, like you said, to then, like, come right back to the exact same play. And it was like, no, 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 call that again. Uh, and I'm going to be wide open again. And just, yeah, torch down the sideline and, uh, you know, catches a, a record-breaking touchdown. Um, the, dude, the dude was insane. And so I, I, I think i got to lean Moss. Um, <laughs> Colin, Colin's trying to, like, not uh, – not come off like he's a hater. He's like, Moss is my favorite player on the list, for the record. Um, yeah. yeah, if we were going to do, like, most likable on this, like, uh, who, who's your favorite player out of this? Uh, T.O. is dead last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, T I love T.O. for years when he was on the Eagles, though, I'll be honest. 
He was fun to watch with uh, McNabb those years. Yeah, his Niners and, and Eagles years were okay. When he was on the Cowboys, he was an absolute dink. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, to be fair, the position is just full of them, so it's just like par for the course. You kind of just right, exactly. If if you have a stud wide receiver, most likely they're kind of a diva, which is fine if they're good, you know. Yeah. So that was that was uh, that was a, a fun little. Uh, little little game that I saw and if you if if you're the listeners out there and you have any of these scenarios for us and you want to send them our way please feel free you can either uh if you're listening live you can send them into the comment section or if uh if you're listening as a podcast and want to send us questions comments or, or little games like this to play uh these are these are great these are always great conversation starters and uh uh in debate starters uh and you can email them to the show at the 360 sports show at gmail.com so that was a little little fun uh, Hail Mary game. Uh, and so we'll move along to uh, to our, our last uh, big topic before we get into our top five. Let nine. me jump in and cut you off real quick. Go for it. I got I got a quick one for you. Ooh, okay. out, of all of these, out of all these guys on this list, who gets traded first if they're on one team? Who gets traded first for not getting oh, the ball? Oh, okay. All right. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them back up here because we've we got to be able to look at them. So all these guys are on the team at once. You're running the greatest five wide receiver uh, set of all time. Oh, who gets traded first? Probably T.O. I'd, I'd I'm thinking T.O. as well. I, I, probably T.O., but Randy's close, too. I, I feel like, you know, Randy, it depends on which Randy Moss you have. If you had, like, Vikings Moss, like, early Moss, and he's got to, like, f- compete for the ball with all these other guys, I feel like he wouldn't be too happy. Whereas, like, Patriots 49ers Moss, who could still, you know, burn, but was a little more wiser, I think would would be content to be like, hey, I'm on the greatest team of all time here. Uh, I'd say T.O. would likely shoot himself out of town first, followed by Moss. And then you're just yeah. left with the other three, and then it's like it's like you can only pick. Here's here you go. You can only have three. Pick your three, because there's only three of those guys that are going to exist in in one team at the same time. You could not. Yeah. You could not have all five at the same time. No, no shot. No shot. It would never work. One of one of them would shoot themselves in the foot, and it'd probably be To or Moss. Yeah, I'd probably go Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, and Moss, and I'd have Calvin Johnson play tight end. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. There you go. That's a squad and a half. So, yeah, I'd 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 say T.O. probably shoots his mouth off and gets kicked off the team first, and then Moss might be right behind him. Yeah, every everybody's everybody's kind of with with T.O. Uh, oh, another good. Another, Colin suggests which quarterback would you want for a hail mary? So, uh, Colin, how about how about you give us some options? Give give us a couple of options. Cause, I mean, we could just I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a great, great choice, but maybe, maybe give us, give us some options because that's a great debate too. You know, you've got a minute left. You're at your own forty-yard line. You have one timeout. Which quarterback do you want to win the game? And it always that you know it has you know your different quarterbacks, and it's like it, it is easily Tom Brady almost in all those situations. Now, if you're telling me you've got one play from the fifty-yard line to win the game. I'm probably going to go like a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Tom Brady don't have that kind of cannon. He's Tom Brady has never had a Hail Mary play in his life. 
It, How about never, Bledsoe? Never. You know, I take Drew Bledsoe before yeah, <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady. I would take Ryan well, Mallett before <laughs> um, for for that for that play, um, which has happened before in in certain situations. There's there's been situations where a team is like at midfield and they've got like I think I've seen was it Drew Brees a couple of years ago? I can't remember who it was. There was an older quarterback. They took him out for the final play and brought in the young guy just because he was going to have the arm to get the ball to the end zone uh, on a Hail Mary from, like, the 45, you know, like the, their own 45. So th- those scenarios are, are always in, are always varying and interesting. If it's like you need a drive to win the game, it's Tom Brady because there's yeah. nobody else who's done it more. <laughs> like, it has to be Tom Brady. Um, but if, if you have, like, very specific situations, uh, you can you – can, there, there's plenty of, of wiggle room there. So, Colin, if you want to come up with uh, quarterbacks for, for Hail Marys uh, and, and get back to us. Oh, here we go. All right. Go. Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Flutie, Testaverde, Rich Gannon for, for Hail Marys. Oh, so not even – this is interesting because cause I think because he knows Aaron, if he threw Aaron Rodgers in there, we're just going to go with Aaron Rodgers. So out of those guys, I probably go Favre. Marino, Favre, Flutie, Testaverde, or Gannon. I probably go Favre again because he just that dude had an absolute missile for an arm, and it was accurate. He could throw the ball on a rope, um, from like fifty yards away. I saw him do it to the uh, to the 49ers. It was I think it was his first game with the Vikings. They were down like five with like a couple of seconds to go, and he was at like the forty yard line and threw an absolute missile. To uh, here's the name Greg Lewis, who had just gotten cut by the Patriots, <laughs> nice yeah. um, in camp that year uh, to the back of the end zone. It was one of those like, oh here we go, the Patriots cut this guy, could have had him. Um, not that it would have made much difference to that '09 team, but um, yeah, I'd probably take Favre in that in that grouping. Question I have is Flutie drop kicking it or is he passing it? <laughs> I'd say he's passing it. And well, I mean, Flutie, Flutie's got the 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 magic touch, though. That's the thing. Got the cannon, yeah. He, he's he's got the uh, he's got the magic touch. But I, I still probably go at Favre as if as far as NFL, uh, you know, uh, hail Mary ing. I think I lean Favre as well, but I want to say all these guys have kind of had a pretty good cannon. I'll say Marino just for uh, transparency. How about that? <laughs> I work my way backwards. I, 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 always, I always do this when we have these scenarios. I try to be like, okay, what do I definitely not want to do? Or, or which is the, the guy I least would want to have? So I go like Rich Gannon, Testaverde, Flutie, Marino, Favre. There we go. Process of elimination. Um, so, uh, yeah, any, any, any of those games like that, uh, you know, this is the type of this, – this is what it's come to, folks. <laughs> we have to use our imaginations because there's not a lot of games out there um, for now. And uh, our, our next uh, little segment is going to kind of be on the return of sports. Um, basically, all we have is speculation at this point uh, because it, it, it's still going to be an element of time. A lot of these leagues, they, they don't want to make a decision yet uh, and say one way or another because it's just it's too soon to tell. Obviously, we are inching closer. You know, a return wouldn't be sometime till July or August, I'd say, at the, the earliest. 
from everything we've heard. Um, you know, the, the NCAA released uh, their plans this week for the return of college sports, a very lengthy document that outlined all three of their, their phases. And, and what it kind of boils down to is the safety of the students as a, 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 on a whole. And until they let kids back on college campuses, and, and basically they're going to – they have all their, this whole plans and phasing and stuff, but it really comes down to the federal government allowing them to do it and saying that it is safe. Until the CDC uh, says it is now safe for you to have X amount of people in X amount of space in X amount of conditions being around each other, there won't be college, there won't be amateur athletics, you know, college, high school, any of that, until all of that is in place. Um, the pros, Christian, going to be a little bit of a different story. Yeah, I mean, I, personally, I, I, I keep hearing, you know, there's different. Obviously, they're trying because there's different ways they can do it, and you know, they're they're releasing, uh, you know, a lot of these rumors and stuff in any which way they can they can get all these sports back up and running. I mean, I think basketball is probably the toughest just because of the, you know, the close proximity and everything. Baseball, I think you could do. Um, but I think the number one thing that it comes down to is probably testing, honestly. I think there needs to be some type of – you can quarantine these guys all together, but then if someone gets sick or you don't know that they're sick and then gets the whole team – like it's just one of those things that they're just not going to do without the proper testing. And, and so, you know, it might be a couple months, which I think – That'll put us right about, you know, June, July. I want to say July, August is probably what we're looking at, if that. Um, you know, and I think it just becomes it becomes one of these things where it's it's not really about does anyone want to do it? I think everybody wants to come back. It, it's how can we, you know, quarantine these teams, get them playing each other, but also have necessary testing and the right atmosphere where, you know, the players want to actually go quarantine themselves in this area with their families and, and what have it. But I think it comes down to they got to have testing. And I don't think these, these big, you know, sports, you know, as much as we want this stuff back, I don't think it comes down to, um, well, you know, we're high in power, you know, we're commissioners of these leagues. So let's just grab all these tests. I think it has to be the infrastructure of the hospitals and the first line, frontline workers. They have to get all the tests first. And then once we get, you know, a lump sum where everybody can be tested multiple times uh, every day, every week, whatever it is, I think sports will be able to fully come back. But, I mean, we've heard it. They, they can't even get these guys in their local gyms two at a time right now because, now, number one, it's competitive integrity. But number two, they don't want to because it's not safe technically, right? So yeah, I think it comes down to testing and, and, and the environment that the players are in. Yeah, and and everybody has to be on the same page. So if 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 they want if they want to have one site create the the bubble, so to speak, that that'll be a little bit easier. But they've all like as as the NBA and the NHL both floated the idea of maybe having multiple sites, and in that case, you run into the problem where well, how does say people in someplace that's completely locked down where they're not allowing any travel, how do you get those people to, say, a Boston or a Miami or a, a Vegas? Um, and, and and really the bubble is the only way you can do it because you can't, you can't return 
to normalcy, even if you, you can't even if you quarantine these guys and they all were on buses and private planes, you know, you can't be flying in you know, some some cities have lockdown orders, some don't. Some have travel bans, others don't. And you, you just take too much risk with exposure. And I just think they really want to wait as long as they can because they don't want to start something. And, and I've had this debate, too. Even the bubble scenario. And, and an article uh, on ESPN kind of broke down uh, how how the NBA would, would do a, a quote-unquote bubble and the potential sites. Um, number one, like you said, Christian, testing is, is – paramount that's that's what has to happen these guys has to have to be tested regularly and not just the players but any support staff any 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 people that are anybody that's essential for this to happen that means tv people network yeah, people referees. referees but even say like are these guys all staying in a hotel is are the people working at hotel being sequestered as well like uh, are you keeping on are uh, you know quarantined hotel staff kitchen staff you know what happens if like the guy who just unloads boxes from a supply truck because they need food tests positive for coronavirus do you have to shut down the whole thing now for a week while you wait and test everybody again and and make sure everything's okay you know it's just it's so precarious because you can't there's no uh, unless you build a biodome and you lock everybody inside, and you're actually just growing your own food in there. There's no way to to not have some little chink in the in in the, in the armor where something could could get in. So it's it, it'd be very precarious. Um, and I think they they they're they're trying their best. I mean, it's it's an unprecedented situation, and they don't want to have to cancel the games, but they also have to get the players on board, and that's kind of the line they're towing with. You know, if the players want to feel safe and their families want to feel safe and they don't want to totally piss off all the player unions so uh, and players associations. So I think everybody's just kind of like hoping they can just wait it out and and and, and things wouldn't have to be as strict. Um, but I'd say, yeah, that's July, August at the earliest um, to have something, whether it's immediate playoffs or – finishing a couple of regular season games for all, all, all these teams. But it's going to take a lot because you don't think about it, but a lot goes into making a game happen. Now, if they want to go simple, you know, you just have the teams, you have the trainers, you have referees, you have a public address announcer, a one. You have probably no replay because you probably would want to cut down on camera angles. Unless you, you know, if you were trying to have essential personnel, you only need one camera. You just need that side-to-side broadcast camera. If you want to have more cameras, that's more people. That's more potential exposure and more people you got to test. You know, you cut out just five camera people, you know, and probably more than that. You're not going to have five camera guys work every single game. You know, that's insane. But maybe if you only need one camera... So then you cut out replay. So then you don't need all those replay people sitting at the scores. You know, you you take it for granted because it's in a crowd of, you know, thousands of people. But there's like at least four or five rows of statisticians and replay officials and producers. You know, there's little there's separate producers for each camera and, and angle and, and all these people coordinating at once. If you just have one camera, 
Honestly, you cut out like a hundred people right there. And then again, your broadcast will be pretty stripped down. But hey, I mean, this is like <laughs> this is the, these are the times we're living in. So if you want to make it happen, that's that's what it's going to have to be. It's not going to be anywhere close to the same product that you're used to. No, and I mean, obviously, there's no, going to be no fans. So it's just there's so many factors going into this that I think they're trying to work out different roadmaps here. Um, and even after games, between games, if there's one site, you got to get disinfectant in the locker rooms and everything like that. So there's there's so many factors that it's going to take another couple months here to really map out a plan. I think ultimately something will be back, whether that's you know MLB or even NFL starts a little bit later, but they start in late September. Um, I know the NBA has said they can wait as long as you know they really want to because they'll push next season back a little bit. Um, which is something they want to experiment with anyway. But it really it's going to come down to testing, hopefully some type of treatment or vaccine, and then everything can get back. To, I mean, even if they lift stay-at-home orders, I don't know about you, but I'm not going anywhere still for a while. Like, I, you know, you can say, okay, back out into the crowd, but really nothing has changed. You know, it's just a matter of you got to get stuff up and running. But I'm not going to come out from uh, – hiding here and really go nuts just because there's no order anymore. Yeah, it public public perception has to change. If the public is still fearful, then they're not coming out. Doesn't matter if you're saying like, "Hey, beaches are open, restaurants are open, yeah. come out and play." If most people are probably still going to be like, mm, "I'll let uh I'll let somebody else uh, you know, go over the wall first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. and come out of the trench. <laughs> I'm I'm going to hang here. I'll be in I'll be part of the third wave, you know. Uh, come coming through, um, yeah. I think I think there's so many things, and like you said about the NBA pushing, you know, the next season, quote unquote, whatever whatever that is, you know, whatever year you want to call it. Um, what's interesting is the scenarios where, like, with injured guys coming back, you know, if you remember back in you know when the season was still happening, Kemba Walker was like one game in, one game out, like his knee was bothering him. Uh, Gordon Hayward has kind of dealt with. Some some soreness in that foot that he's recovering. You know, he's like two years out now from from having absolutely shattered his leg. Um, how this rest is going to affect some of those guys? But then you think about teams like the Nets, who are in the playoff hunt. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. If you're playing in August, uh, going to be fully healthy. If if you're pushed yeah. back that far, do you play? Um, Boogie Cousins would be healthy for the Lakers. Does he play? Now, they announced that they pushed back the draft lottery and the combine, but say you have a, a draft in July or August. Now, is that guy, like, are those guys allowed to be on your roster that year? Like, if you have cap room and you have, like, the number one overall pick, can you draft a guy and then like, will he be eligible to play for that year? You could have crazy scenarios where a team like the Lakers or the Clippers who only have, you know, plus how do you decide draft order? That's the other thing. If you if you do the draft before you even finish the season, you know, do you, how do you decide, you know, what if, what if we just mortgage our future and, like, trade up and get this guy because he's eligible this year and, like, he could help us in the playoffs? Like, it totally changes, like, the, the situations and how do you, say a guy who's drafted is allowed to play right away, you know, that's his rookie year. But you also have other guys who are in their rookie years. Could you could guys be eligible for rookie years like two years in a row? What if what if guys this year who didn't get to finish the season like Zion, like Ja Morant, do they get next year as a rookie year too? 
and you have guys that have two years of rookie of the year eligibility, essentially. You know, Ben Simmons is really wishing he stayed in college because he could have had multiple years of, of, of uh, you know, rookie seasons. But uh, I don't know. All, all that is kind of like interesting little scenarios. Yeah, there's a ton of different things that need to go a certain way before you can bring anything back. And then when you do, what happens with things like the draft? We don't know. So they're going to have to map it all out and see, you know, see what they decide. But uh, it's going to be a few months here before anything really gets back up and running, I would say. Yeah, they still they postponed the combine in the lottery. The the draft is still scheduled right now for June 25th. <laughs> you know, I, I don't how are they going to um let's see. Let's see. This is uh from Woj who is the absolute authority on all NBA things. NBA postponing NBA draft lottery uh expects draft to be next. But are they just going to postpone it? I mean, they should just come out and say that this is going to happen once we get a season in, if we get a season in. If the season's canceled, then we'll do it. If not, it'll happen afterwards. Because doing it before is just so strange. Because you, you have teams still in season making these decisions. Um, I don't know. Little little oddities. But um, as we get more news about the, the return of sports, and uh, and, if, and if, if you're listening and uh, or, you know, if you're listening as a podcast and, and want to give your thoughts on this, you can email the show, the360sportshow at gmail.com. We get to all your questions uh, each week on the show, uh, or hit us up through Instagram or Twitter at 360 Sports Show. You know, what do you want to see the return of sports to be uh, out there? You know, do you do you only want to have sports back when you can be have you know crazed fans and and, and the whole thing, or or do you will you be willing to have single camera action, no crowds? Uh, it feels like you're just watching, you know. Uh, 2K Blacktop, you <laughs> know, is that is that will you will you take it in any way you can get it? So, uh, let us know in the comment section, or if you're listening as a podcast, send us your thoughts on that um, to the show through the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com. Moving on to our final item of the day, as always, we've been doing top fives uh, to kind of add some content, and uh, we we initially were doing a random wheel to decide uh, that week's top five. Uh, some there was some outrage that maybe the fix was in. So we have turned to uh, democracy, the democratic process, and we let you vote on the top five category each week, so uh, usually on Monday. So starting tomorrow, we'll put out a poll on our various uh, social media platforms, and you can vote for whichever top five you want to see for that week. And what won out this week was top five 90s kid snacks. And there was a couple of interpretations to this, Christian, I decided to interpret it as the snacks I ate because because I am a '90s kid. These were like the things I imagined myself having at like the fourth grade lunch table. You know, that's that's how I viewed it. If you weren't a kid in the '90s, these could which which we we had some people submit submit who who weren't. Um, these could be these were the snacks that they ate in the '90s or that were you know that were '90s, you know, snacks that came out in the '90s. Um, and for us, though, those are those we we, we we try to take ownership of them. Uh, but I guess I guess really there, they they are for all. Um, so to get to the ones that people already submitted, um, Dawn said, Dunkaroos, Lunchables, Gushers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ice cream pop, and pizza rolls. Michael went with Oreos with peanut butter on it, 
Dunkaroos, chocolate frosting, obviously, three Doritos, bagel bites, and any ice cream with gumball eyes off the ice cream truck in the summer. Yeah, the ice cream truck thing, that that's they still exist in some places. Um, I, I don't think you'll have ice cream trucks this summer, though. That probably doesn't. I don't know if you can socially distance. You know, maybe you, if you have like a like a uh, a staff, you can you can uh, you can hand over ice cream from a truck. But I can't imagine that's going to happen. Interesting thing about ice cream trucks, I learned like I think in Rhode Island, there's a weird thing like they can't come to a complete stop. They have to like the only way they stop. That's why like they go to the ends of roads and then stop because they technically have to like make a turn and something like that. Like an ice cream truck can't just like stop. Uh, in front of a house, I don't know what it, I don't know what the exact wording is of the rule of the law. There's something, there's something strange there. Um, uh, Rhode Island classic, classic. Uh, Col- Collins uh, top five: Gogurt, 3D Doritos, Capri Sun, Dinosaur Egg, and Treasure Hunt oatmeal, and Surge. He says I never had Gushers until adulthood. Otherwise, they'd totally be on this list. So Colin, Colin interpreted it as not just snacks that are from the '90s that you like. It was it was the ones that he had when he was a kid, which is the same way I did it. Um, and I think we had one more. Um, Mary wrote in with Sunny D, Gushers, Fruit by the Foot, Pizza Rolls, and Yoo-Hoo. So thank you for everybody who submitted uh, their top five 90s kid snacks. Uh, we are going to now put ours up on the screen. If you're watching live, you'll be able to see them. Uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, all the graphics that we use and produce uh, go on our social media afterwards, so you can see them on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter, uh, and you can go in, uh, and give us your thoughts uh, there if you're listening uh, as a podcast. We've been going live every Sunday at 11 a.m. on Facebook Live. Just figured having to be socially distant, uh, me and Christian are obviously in two separate places, but we can uh, we can patch in the audio, and, and we might as well just do a show live to give it to you, and uh, that way uh, people can kind of engage during the show and then uh, we still put it out as a podcast on SoundCloud afterwards, so make sure you go and like and subscribe there or on any of your favorite uh, podcast apps. Just look for the 360 Sports Show, and uh, you'll uh, you'll have us. So without further ado, we're going to put up our top five 90s kids snacks on the screen. And uh, Christian, I will, uh, I will let you take it away and go first with your top five 90s kids snacks. Well... I would I will start with Dunkaroos. That's obviously that's easily number one. I would put that for all five spots. <laughs> so the way I interpreted was a little bit of both because I put all ninety snacks, but I also ate all these. So I mean, you know, either way. But Dunkaroos. Um, I want to see the graphic. You know, uh, Surge was a number uh, another one, which was something that I did not get very often. Because of the amount of crazed caffeine and sugar in it, uh, and as a kid, you can imagine that if you have surge, you're probably going to be bouncing off the wall. So I don't think, you know, my parents wanted that too much. But um, and one of the shark bites, there's a, there's a fruit snack theme here. <laughs> um, I went with just based on you know those were all the good snacks, uh, and gushers as well. So I ate all of this as a kid. And you know there were there were a few that I almost threw in there like uh, flavored ice pops and things like that, or even the uh, you know the baseball glove with the ball in it, the oh, yeah. ice cream from the truck, things yeah. like that. Um, but 
Dunkaroos, easily all five spots. Could crush Dunkaroos. And those are actually making a comeback this summer, I think. I will get I I will get to try Dunkaroos for the first time ever when uh when Crazy. I buy them. Yeah, I mean I'll be I'll be honest, I haven't had them in so long that they might not be as good as they were when I was a kid, but uh would crush those all the time just because they were amazing. Yeah. Um, and obviously pizza rolls is uh pizza rolls is not in my uh, top five, but that was uh that's an easy choice as well. Yeah, some of my my honorable mentions. Uh, I had uh, Lunchables was, was an honorable mention, as well as like those little packs of like the the breadsticks with like the cheese, you know those 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 little uh, those little packs or uh, the little packs with like crackers and peanut butter, and you peel the top and and, and scoop. Basically, healthy Dunkaroos. <laughs> that's what my parents shoved down my throat. Yeah, I I didn't know Dunkaroos existed. I've been had. Um, so, but I still, I still got to enjoy. So I went with uh, my top five. I went with uh, Ho's. Uh, basically, all the, all the Hostess snacks. Like I, I couldn't decide which was my favorite, but definitely the the Ho Ho's because I, I like I remember like I would sometimes I would just eat the whole thing. Other times I would like unfurl it and like roll it out and 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 eat it that way. Just you know, the kids have weird habits with with food. You know, with the way they got to eat things. Um, but the hoes were classic. Like I, I, I would devour a pack of those right now. Like I would love to have uh, some some hostess snacks. Um, Capri Sun. Like I mean, and I had to when I was thinking about this too. I, I kind of threw my mind back to like watching cartoons and like what were the things that I'd see commercials for that I was like, Mom, like can I please have it? and the like Silver Surfer people like with the Capri Sun. Like oh my god, I I had to have had to have. So yeah. Capri Sun was in there. Um, cream, uh, creamsicles. Oh my God. I like in the summertime, it's a million degrees. My mom would get that box of creamsicles from the milkman. And it, it's, it's one of the things that happens when you're an adult. Like you go through that phase where you're like, nobody can tell me what to do. I'm going to eat the whole box of creamsicles. Cause I always wanted to ma. <laughs> so like I, I it, it was only because I couldn't reach the fridge, the freezer that I didn't devour the whole 12 pack in, in one day. But, like, I would try and, like, get in, like, I'd get mom to get me a creamsicle and then, uh, hey, dad, can, can I have a creamsicle? You know, and, and me, I could get in two, two in a day from things from the from the freezer. Um, if uh, mom and dad are listening, uh, sorry. I mean, you should have known for years that your children, uh, you know, pitch you against each other. We, we Schemed them. We, we scheme. Um, but I would, I would, like, eat the orange part first and then eat the cream. Uh, again, kid kid food habits. Uh, fruit by the foot. We both had that. Uh, it was just, I, I can, I can remember that and like fruit roll-ups were, were kind of close, but I ate fruit by the foot way more. And like, I remember like in like, uh, you know, elementary school, you take it and like, you just like unfurl the whole thing and like, you know, and then, and then roll it into a big ball and then chew. <laughs> just terrible. Yeah. And, and again, so much sugar, like luckily children have metabolism, you know, uh, or else, you know, I mean, then again, I guess there are fat kids, but here's a weird one for you. I used to shove the, you know, you can <laughs> please, please quickly finish that sentence. <laughs> yeah. There's a drop. You could take that as a drop. I, I would take a ball of the fruit by the foot and eat the whole thing. And then like, you know, go to baseball practice and pretend like it was tobacco or, you know, the cool <laughs> thing. Right. Little, little league Christian with some chew. <laughs> yeah. With some chew. Yeah. Fruit by the foot, big league chew. <laughs> 
Hey, it tasted good, right? I mean, hey, you can't knock me for that. Fruit by the foot. Skull. Um, uh, you had shark bites. My last one uh, was bagel bites. Again, like that was an at-home snack. Because uh, I, I, my, I imagine myself like, you know, in the lunchroom for all these. But then bagel bites were the at-home snack for a long time. I'd say like the 90s and even like middle school probably even high school too, like come home, take that box. And the thing was like, you know, uh, like the, the graphic that I use has like the party size, which is like 40 bites. Um, we had like the normal one you get, which would just have the nine in there. And I'd always be like, I only need like three or four and I'll make the whole box. And then my mom comes home and she's like, where are the bagel bites? Like you're supposed to share those with your sister. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Forgot um, about that part. <laughs> didn't know. Um, but yeah, I those those were so good. We had I don't know Christian uh, what what you're I don't know I don't know how you were raised, but uh, we did not have a microwave. We had a toaster oven, and so the bagel it took a little longer. But mm, the the toaster oven bagel bites because they had the, the the crunch to them mm, perfection. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I also think just in general heating stuff up in the oven toaster oven as opposed to the microwave is better because you know like pizza and stuff gets soggy when you put it in the microwave, but when you put it in the oven, it's like fresh all over again. Do you, do you own both now in, uh, in, in your home? Do you have both a microwave and a toaster oven or are you still a toaster mm. oven purist? We are, uh, strictly the, uh, full out oven or a microwave. <laughs> okay. No toaster oven yet. We, I, I have, we have, we have both. So, and, and I'm guilty. I was like against the microwave, you know, not wanting, not wanting to use it. You know, because uh, not like they were in the 50s when they were like, it takes the nutrition out of the food. Um, but, you know, just because on principle, I was like, I don't, I, I like, you know, I feel like it heats the food up better. It doesn't get soggy. It doesn't get mushy. And like the first couple of days, like, you know, all of a sudden I was like, huh, I could put this pasta on some foil and put it in this thing. and It'll be ready in like five or six minutes. Or I could eat it in 30 seconds because I'm starving. Yep, it's going to the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm I'm guilty. And plus, uh, obviously, it's a lot easier now to defrost things. I don't have to like let something thaw out for three days in a fridge. And it's like, oh, into the microwave for eight minutes. There we go. Um, yeah. So that's that has been uh, a bonus. And honestly, there were so many. Uh, if I can pull up, uh, there were so many things that like I'm sure I don't even remember. But like when I think about like. Uh, all the like Wonka candy, like all of that stuff. Um, uh, just, just oh, yeah, like warheads were in there for me. Fun dip, like fun dip, th- like those type of things. Um, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Pop rocks, and, and even those. Like I don't even think those are a '90s snack, but like those were like I imagine what I always have. That like things I would want and, and beg for to have. Like oh please, can I have this with lunch? Like those those sorts of those sorts of snacks like M&M's for me I loved still do M&M's when I was a kid eat eat the whole bag yeah. like if you put a 20 pound bag of M&M's in front of me as a child I would have eaten the whole bag I would I would not I I had to complete the bag that was the mission um so uh there's there's uncrustables it, it, I don't know do you ever had uncrustables those were pretty good back in the day nope never never had uncrustables um Oh, Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. Oh, those are so good. I'm like, I'm pretty hungry right now, so looking at this is not good. 
Yeah. I need Same to I need to not go eat like chocolate right now uh when we get done with the show. Kids cuisine had a couple of times. Um and that that was very rare. only because like I begged and I was like like mommy like all the cool kids have it. Like she's like I'm making you fresh home cooked food. Why do you want this microwave dinner? But I'm sure there were nights where it was just like all right, here, heat it up, eat it. Go away. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to cook you dinner. Um Da 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 da. Craft Vegemite? No way. Whoever ate that? Oh, no, we, you definitely wouldn't. Oh, this is for our for our, our viewing audience right now, we're gonna put this up on the on the screen because like what? I never ever ever heard of this. I don't know I don't know where this came from. Da 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 Where'd Vegemite is not good in general, so yeah, like, oh, that's just, that's just wrong. Let's see. Can I get this to, I got to get it to open. We're efforting this for you uh, live, so we will have hiccups. Da, 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 da. And it's a little black dot. There's so many, there's way too many snacks, though. That's the problem. Veggie, cheesy, Vegemite cheesy bite. What is, where is this? I I never remember this. So fun fun uh little fun story. Um uh my mom bought Nutella. Uh this, I was probably in like 5th grade. My mom bought Nutella and it was on the kitchen counter and I I asked what it was and she told me that it was uh it was just a a brand of uh Vegemite. Um that it was really gross. It was it was for adults that I wouldn't like it. And yeah, so I, cold. so I never touched it. For like weeks or months maybe. And so finally one day me and my sister were home from school and uh you know my my mom was out uh and my, my dad my dad was out my mom and dad were out and we were like let's try this cuz like we always hear how gross it is. So let's let's try and it's like at that age we weren't re- I should have just read the label it says like hazelnut spread. Uh but I, we took it out. I got a little knife. We spread some of it on a cracker. We ate it and we're like what the heck? This is amazing. This is delicious. What? Um, and, yeah, that's a good that, way to get you to not eat it, though. Yeah. Um, here, we're overlaying right now. That's the Kraft Cheesy Bite Vegemite. Ugh, never had ever seen that anywhere. Um, but, yeah, no, we thought uh, we were convinced that Nutella was Vegemite for maybe a, a, at least six months, maybe a year. And uh, I'd say after that uh, – you know, Nutella was a staple of the home, and I I would eat Nutella with anything. Now, not saying I would like put it on salad, but like dipping Oreos in there, Ritz crackers with Nutella is good. Uh, th- putting it on waffles, putting it on toast. My mom actually, because she's an amazing cook, she <laughs> I, I joked that she was like like a mad scientist. She would take those like those food injectors, and she would make doughboys and inject. Nutella into the center of the doughboy, like oh god, like I'm way too hungry right now. This is not good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, staring at all this, staring at all this. Yeah, I gotta go out right now and uh, put uh, put bagel bites. This, this, my Instacart order this week is gonna be full with junk food, and you know what? It's about time. Yeah, you know you gotta have it once in a while, right? Yeah. So. Uh, Anyways, that'll uh, that'll do it for us here from uh, from the 360 Sports Show. Thank you for everybody for uh, joining in and listening with us live, and for sending us your uh, your top five 90s kid snacks. Be sure to stick tuned to uh, 
at 360 Sports Show on every uh, form of social media for tomorrow's uh, poll on this week's top five, next week's top five category. And again, if you have any sports-related questions, comments, concerns, games for us to play, you can send those in to the 360 Sports Show at gmail.com, or you can just tune in live every Sunday at 11 a.m. and participate with us on the show uh, in the comments section. Uh, we'd love to have you here. The listeners really drive uh, drive the show, especially during uh, during times like these. Uh, so uh, remember to go like, subscribe, find us on every uh, every which podcast app you can, and uh, subscribe to the show. That way uh, you never miss a show. And uh, until then, uh, I'm Andrew Pizzelli. For Christian Lauber, wishing you guys all a happy rest of your weekend. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.